It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You ever watch The West Wing? Yeah, of course. Great show. President Bartlett. How about Veep? You ever watch Veep? Uh, that one's, that one's kind of crude. Uh, might not be your cup of tea. Uh, pretty funny, though. Uh, pretty funny show uh, there with Elaine Bennis as the vice president. Uh, and then uh, how about House of Cards? Uh, House of Cards, you watch that one? Uh, that one's a little darker. There's one common theme throughout uh, those three programs, and it is the depiction of lobbyists. Uh, they're bad guys, right? If you hear about a, a lobbyist or if uh, someone uh, references a, a lobbyist, it's uh, quite often with a negative connotation. And I, uh, as you know, and I've talked about this a number of times in the past, I, uh, before this job, I worked out in Washington, D.C. I was a congressional aide. Uh, and in that position, you come in contact uh, daily with lobbyists. And heading out to Washington with the understanding that I had, or with the attitude that I had gleaned from uh, the West Wing and House of Cards and uh, Veep and all that, I thought, oh my gosh, I better, I better beware. I better beware. Uh, when I got there, though, I learned that they, uh, that they can be a great resource. They can be. A great resource. They are uh, often uh, sources of great uh, expertise and insight into situations uh, and needs for uh, constituents and the country and other uh, other elements. Uh, just they are oftentimes a great resource. And then yesterday, so that's a little bit of background. Some of my attitude, uh, how it has evolved over time. Yesterday, I saw a uh, study published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine. I, I frequent that journal. It's, it's one of the better journals. Yeah. In there, there's a study led by two Brigham Young University business professors that finds uh, that there has been a significant surge in health sector lobbying activity uh, in the past little while, specifically after Congress uh, has to date authorized nearly $3 trillion uh, in COVID-19 relief assistance. And so, uh, you know, the, the, one of the phrases used in the study is, uh, this is like sharks to blood or bees to honey. Now, I'm not sure if it's that extreme, uh, but to help, uh, to help me understand exactly the mentality of lobbying right now, uh, where people are, who find themselves in the lobbying industry, where they are uh, spending their time, and how, uh, you know, if they are so, how they're, how they're helping. And so uh, online now, a friend of mine, uh, Spencer Stokes, uh, a lobbyist himself, former chief of staff of Senator Mike Lee, uh, and an all-around uh, good guy uh, who will speak to you frankly uh, if you ask him a frank question. So, Spencer, how you doing? Great. I just loved the introduction. That, that? That, uh, I didn't know whether or not to hang up before I got actually put on live or, or to uh, stay on. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you stayed on. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me frankly, lobbyists, well, are you guys, are you good guys or bad guys? How we're, how we're painted in the media. Well, I think, I think like any industry, there are good guys and there are bad guys, good women and bad women in the lobbyist profession. But I think, by and large, like most things, there are there are lobbyists that are, uh, as you pointed out, 
our main job is to educate and help uh, policymakers, lawmakers understand the industries that have hired us. And most industries don't have their, you know, they're busy doing their job and uh, don't have time to go up on Capitol Hill and, and talk about the industry. So that's why we get hired. We're there full time. We're there telling the story about that industry. And, you know, organizations that don't, don't have a lot of, you know, government regulation put on them, most of those industries don't have a lobbyist. They usually use an association. But I like to tell people that everybody has a lobbyist, whether you're a nurse or a teacher or a, a small business owner, everybody has a lobbyist through some association or another that tells your story, your industry's story to policymakers. So um, I think by and large, we try to do, we try to do uh, a good job, but then every once in a while, a Jack Abramoff comes along and, mm. and paints all of us, uh, just takes one bad apple, um, and, and that, you know, paints the, the, the view or image of a lobbyist. So, but by and large, I think most are, are trying to do their job and do it honorably. And, um, and so, but I'm, but I, I hopefully that's been your experience with me and other lobbyists that you've come in contact with, because I did come in contact with you when you were in, uh, DC and, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're a good guy. What's uh, what's uh, what's the attitude right now? What's happening in the world of lobbying in Washington right now with this uh, three trillion some odd dollars uh, on the table and maybe more to come? Well, I will tell you, like everything, this has been much harder a much harder time to lobby because you aren't taking in person meetings. People, um, that's not something that that anybody really wants to do. So you're having to make phone calls and, and uh, try to educate educate members of Congress, uh, members of legislature about the industries that you represent. And I represent a, uh, a healthcare a healthcare company, and of course they've been they've been hit very hard and have had to deal with a lot of uh, um, a lot of stress because they're treating people who either think they've got COVID or have COVID. They're having to put a lot more protocols in place. So trying to help people understand what's going on uh, that may not have gone to a hospital lately uh, that's a policymaker. So that's that's one of the important things. But it, it has become much tougher to lobby. And, uh, of course, in many of those meetings are either conference calls or Zoom meetings like other people have been doing. And it's it's difficult. Hmm. Uh, what will it teach you going forward? Will there be more of these uh, uh, video conferences, or does it highlight the real value in uh, you know face-to-face interaction, similar to what we're learning in schools? It's tough to pull off the the, the learning element uh, remotely, uh, and that face-to-face is is, is where it's at. S- similar story in well, the lobbying I, world. Yeah, I think that the I think that the. Um, relationships are easier to create when you're doing it face-to-face. It's much more difficult to form a relationship over a, over a call, over a Zoom meeting. It's, it's tough to ask yeah. when you've got a bunch of people on a Zoom meeting asking about the kids or have small talk. Or, and, that, you know, that's where you learn about people and get to know them. 
Um, and it's much more difficult that, to do that over a conference call or a Zoom meeting. And so I, I do think for the lobbying world, it's going to get, once the restrictions are lifted, we're going to be back to normal sitting face-to-face with people. I will tell you that I think a lot of other industries have yeah. learned that um, working from home has been just as productive. I think a lot of people have found out. No, no, no. Do, 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 Spencer, do, 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 stop, stop, stop. stop. Do, do, don't say that. I'm working from home right now, and I am craving a return <laughs> to the newsroom, okay? So, no, no, no. I've been very unproductive. This is not profitable. I need to be back well, at work. <laughs> it's because we're social animals, Lee, and it's, it's, yeah. uh, we enjoy the human, inter- human interaction. And I think that's one of the key elements of, yeah. of being a lobbyist is you enjoy people. You enjoy others getting around, getting another story. Um, and it's so difficult to do that, like I said. But that's yeah. why I think when this all gets lifted, you're going to see um, lobby, lobbyists and policymakers back at uh, trying to learn about an industry. And, you know, for example, in the Utah legislature, it's a part-time legislative body. And they rely upon, you know, they're not experts in everything. They're experts in their field, but they're not experts in everything. And so, and I don't believe I'm an expert, but I have at my fingertips the people that I represent. Yeah. I can get them on the phone and have questions answered pretty immediately on, uh, you know, how, that, how a certain policy would affect that industry. Spencer Stokes, sir, uh, I'm grateful to, to get your insight as a lobbyist uh, as this new world kind of takes shape and what we look forward to in the future. Uh, it turns out you're one of the good guys. That's, that's good. That's very good. Uh, thank you for your time and your insight, sir. Hey, thanks, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a, a break right now. When we return, we'll be speaking with someone who has her hands on uh, the census here in the state of Utah. We're about two-thirds of the way there. And uh, the deadline is fast approaching. And so how uh, are census workers really starting to now dial up their efforts? We'll uh, have a conversation in a moment with someone on the uh, receiving end of questions from census takers, as well as someone responsible for organizing those efforts. That's all ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.